0: Hello, and welcome to the New North podcast, where we investigate the unique sounds and perspectives of exploratory musicians. My name is Joe O'Connor, and I'm a member of New North's artistic committee, along with Andy Butler and Callum Gaffray. New North is a platform for musicians who push boundaries in their areas of practice. This podcast is a companion to our concert series, which celebrates the amazing work of musicians and sound artists, both established and emerging, who make and present work on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Head to NewNorthmusic.online for information about upcoming events, links to recordings from previous concerts, and information about our Emerging Artists Commission. You can also like New North on Facebook and follow new underscore north underscore music on Instagram for regular updates about our activities, including our upcoming workshop, What Do You Do When There Are No Rules? This event is running at Brunswick Mechanics Institute on July the 2nd from 10.30am to 1pm. You can find out more information about this in the upcoming tab of the website. In this episode, I'm talking to members of Mahogoni who performed at our recent concert Foreign Intimate. Mahagoni is an interdisciplinary project which combines visual art by Lena Chanyaska and musical improvisation by Emilia Godoa, Michael McNabb and Justin Myberg. This concert was quite an ambitious undertaking for us because we were connecting performers between Melbourne, Perth and Berlin using digital networking technology. This was certainly challenging, but I think the, uh, the results really justified all the work that, um, that New North and also the, um, the ensemble members put into making it happen. You can view the video already. Uh, it's been released on the New North YouTube channel, so I recommend you check that out. Um, it'll give you plenty of context for many of the things that we discuss in the episode. So here's my chat with Mahagoni. Hello, Justin, Emilio and Lennon. Thanks for joining me to talk about your recent performance at New North's Foreign Internet.
1: Hi Joe, thanks for having us.
0: Oh, it's it's my pleasure. And so you performed um, as an ensemble Mahagoni, uh, the three of you, but also Michael McNabb and I wanted to do a shout out to Michael because he wasn't able to be here for the interview today but of course he was you know, a key performer um, and um, also a previous guest on the podcast so um, you might miss out on listening to Michael talk about Mahagoni but there's all sorts of good Michael content in one of the earlier episodes which you can check out. So the work that you presented at New North was a really intriguing combination of, of visual art and sound performed between Nam, Bulu, and Berlin using live networking technology. And the effect was a uh, really striking visually and sonically. And I'm curious about the path that led Mahagoni to this point. How did the ensemble form and how long have you been working together?
2: Well, to answer that, I can start to net some connections. Um, yeah, that's, that have been uh, a process through uh, traveling and especially into our first encounter we had uh, Justin Michael and me in Berlin if I am right it's around 2015 or maybe well around those years
1: yeah end of 2014 maybe like or something
0: like that okay also it's been a a long-term project then
2: let's say that was like the beginning when when I met michael and justin in person and when we musically connect and uh, the project mahagoni will join as it is now as a uh, with lena a um, few years later basically mm. uh, we tour in australia in 2019 winter in australia summer in berlin
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, yeah, that was basically the moment where we had the chance to to work together for a long time.
3: Mm.
1: And I guess the, um, the project is like incredibly impractical because <laughs> we, we live in such different parts of the world. So it was like really, uh, you know, I, I had a, I'd played some duos with Emilio and duos with Michael and trios with Michael and Emilio and trios with, Mike, uh, with Emilio and Lena. And Emilio and Lena have a duo.
3: Um,
1: and so it was kind of like uh, this... The, the beginning of Mahagoni was like the bringing of all of those projects into the one space so that, that you know, the, the, the kind of final form sure. of the collaboration could manifest. Yeah, yeah. It's um, interesting
0: when that happens, isn't it? When a project kind of forms out of actually a, a collection of really close relationships. Um, Because it's surprising sometimes how quickly things can really work well, you know, Um, even though it might be a a new group of people um, in terms of the complete collection, there's so much understanding already there, you know. Um, And I think that that came across in the performance as well, um, even though it might have been a little while since the previous um, Mahagoni event. Um, And um, speaking of Mahagoni, the name, how did that come about? There was much confusion from my end, initially, because I thought it was mahogany, and um, <laughs> so I got received a very polite email saying, um, no. <laughs> uh,
4: I think it came just before uh, the tour. that uh, We knew we would go to Australia, and we wanted to work on something more consistent. So we were searching for a good metaphor uh, to base our research and to to connect uh, the work together. Something that will be in between um, performance, music, uh, literature and uh, visual arts. And then mm. Bertolt Brecht came with a uh, fantastic um, libretto that uh, he made in the beginning of 20th century. Yeah, he made it for us. He made Some it for years. Us. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, a new commission. Uh, of course, uh, we didn't uh, want to really stage uh, this uh, opera, but we wanted to take the metaphor of the building a city in nowhere because um mm. uh, also in the um, Mahagoni opera there is just a few lost people in nowhere uh, which in australia has this meaning of like this huge distances that are in between the cities and the big mm. desert in the middle uh, so as I was like never before in Australia, I was imagining this feeling, how it is to be in the most lonely metropolis in the world. Uh, so
1: because <laughs> that's what that's what people say of Perth is. Yes, the, <laughs> the most the most isolated capital city on earth. Sorry to interrupt.
4: Also, like the Mahagoni is the city, which is just in the middle of the nowhere, and it has its like uh, insane, fast, uh, strange life, and so it 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 uh, pops out, uh, is very intense, and then self destroys. And mm. so it's the metaphor of the nowadays uh, strange world. And it was a metaphor for us to just meet in a very instant and also working with mm. improvisation, do something together and then just make it disappear uh, as the improvis- as what uh, comes with improvisation mm. and go back again to our separate uh, lives.
0: Yes, you know, nice, uh, almost like an explosion of energy or something like that. Um, as, as you're describing this, though, I can't just help think of Las Vegas and think that my yeah, <laughs> is. Well, is just is Las really Vegas. Yeah. Much.
4: Materialization <laughs> of mahogany.
0: <laughs> no, you're much classier than that. Uh, so, <laughs>
4: Thank
0: you. Uh, so I'm curious how you would uh, describe the group's creative practice because, you, you know, you um, touched on the, that it's really this combination of, of different sort of um, disciplines, you know, visual art, um, improvisation and, and sound art. Um, yeah, it, how, how would you describe the interaction of those in the music and, um, that you make?
2: I think this will have at least uh, five different answers. Like <laughs> okay. from one of us in the group and the, ro- the rest is for the receptor <laughs> outside of the group. Mm. Uh, because everyone have arrived to this project with their own practice and kind of try to impose it and in a more polite way to uh, negotiate <laughs> what we can do together um, and just to make an example of the first time we did uh, an ensemble, ensemble a piece it was uh, uh, in Perth during a residency and um, yeah we all brought elements and this time we have like two projectors um, probably around seven speakers set up in different kind of quality and, and type of speakers. And we had sections, so it was more like already bringing this idea of, of collage of ideas that will also bring a collage of aesthetics. And um, hmm. that was, yeah, I, uh, answering to your question, uh, it really introduced uh, elements from each of us and and ideas separately that joined
4: Mm. it was quite funny like this amount of speakers projectors computers tablets Mm. like we were really like oh yes we have time so we and we have devices let's just use everything and this (laughs) happened again now with this uh, collaboration in between the continents that we just started to use uh, you know all the strange devices and also this platform that i don't even understand what like for me it's like some other universe and uh, (laughs) like you all try to understand it and and really make it even like as an artistic Mm -hmm. tool
2: i remember justin saying oh yeah next next tour we just send our tech writer and uh it seems (laughs) to be really funny thing because it was yeah an insane amount of um of equipment (laughs) uh, I think yeah just to to add
1: my (laughs) answer to that I think because we're all improvisers and maybe we all have a have some kind of interest in theater or or visual arts or literature and the way those things meet music it feels quite like easy to bring those things together like we don't Mm. I don't think we have a lot of really uh you know we don't have any arguments about what should be in the piece or not or something like that it's just um yeah we all bring multiple dimensions into the the universe of the thing that we're making and if it seems to be working it stays and if it isn't then it goes or something like that yeah. i
4: think it's more like mm. this excitement of uh appearing possibilities no it's like mm. oh we can do that and we can even more and, and uh, let's do this yeah. no? <laughs>
1: that's yeah that's
0: it
4: it's sure. very positive I mean, I mean
0: that's that sounds uh, you know exciting though yeah that's i think that's often how the best work happens when you know you don't have to force it but it just uh you know there's a flow of ideas um and you know i think that tra- translates in the performance as well it feels um kind of very um very organic but with with you know surprise as well and and finding that you know that interaction i think is, is often quite tricky you know because um when things are going well, it's easy to get comfortable and just, you know, be, be a little uh, little complacent, perhaps. Um, so the, the work that you presented for New North, um, since it was developed between three cities, um, I imagine um, the development process would have brought its own challenges with it. And I'm curious, you know, how did you rehearse the piece? How did you develop it?
1: Um, well, I'll just talk about the very beginning uh, at least for me, was that we, we spent a lot of time teching, basically, um, just learning how to actually use this fairly convoluted software. Um, but I remember the first time we got some kind of stable connection between each other, and then we just played. And it was this amazing feeling for me of like, oh, it's this again, you know? like, <laughs> um, And especially for me, like playing with... Um, playing music with Michael and Emilio, uh, is like a really special thing for me because that was kind of the beginning of me getting, really getting into improvisation as a practice. Mm. So it feels a bit like home or something. So I remember this, um, this really beautiful moment when we just, yeah, finally started to play after about two hours of tech setup (laughs) and was like, Oh, this works. This is wild. Um, so, Uh, yeah I don't know if you want to speak more to the the details of of where we went from there Um, Emilio and Lena but I just wanted to share that that opening because I think that energy drove the rest of the process at least for me yeah
2: Yeah. I think that precisely that moment was uh, the hope to to feel that gonna work because uh, you know (laughs) Scepticism can enter very much into these collaborations on long distance, and uh, <laughs> from the beginning I thought like uh, should be something that even if it doesn't work, this is our 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 material, like glitches or n- missing connections, and I was already trying to imagine even if we could s- score something, what about if Michael drops out, and this is a chance to do something else and try to. Uh, in In my head, I was trying to compose uh ideas through through the problem of the connection in between the cities mm. at the end mm. uh those ideas were uh not happening because there was much more uh, uh, work to do with the technical things previously that there was actually not not need even to uh to concentrate on what we're gonna do. But in the moment yeah. we start to play, uh, that Justin just mentioned, was like, ah, "What about? We don't have any idea. What about we just <laughs> <Play>. do? <laughs> we, we just play." <laughs> but I maybe I pass that to Lena. Here in Berlin, we 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 decide uh, as we will be the only uh, house without uh, uh, an uh, an audience. Mm-hmm. So basically, I could I could be uh, half. Uh, naked dressed. or <laughs>
4: half dressed or half naked. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I could be after. Um, yeah, no, more, more like we could stage however we want in here, uh, without yeah. a compromise how uh, it will actually be visible, except what we want to focus on. And that Lena mm-hmm. brought uh, a bunch of ideas that we have to technically technically solve it uh, because we had like a different different very different technical issues here at home and um, or not issues but uh, tasks uh, chances exactly and then well maybe Juliana can talk about that
4: uh, uh, I just imagine that if people will see Michael and uh, Justin uh, from the audience they uh, mm. but we don't have the audience so we don't need to really show like next people Like we don't need to show ourselves we can just show um, our instruments and uh, pictures uh, so I thought to make like this kind of um, light that theater or puppet theater but just with the f- uh, camera going from up and that can mm. circle around so we had just multiple stages that we could just um, film from up and my idea was that I can um, put some objects, use light or draw, but at the same time it will be uh, putting images on top of the Emilio's instruments. So we can also see his hands, s- his tools and see him playing without focusing on his face, on his body, but on the, mm. on this little things that sometimes we cannot see from far being, um, uh, as an audience in the distance to the mm. musician. So yeah. we had this very like, um, Fragile um, stage at home, (laughs) which Hmm. uh, actually took the took over the whole room. So we lived (laughs) with this like five drums and uh, (laughs) turntables for one month here. But it was beautiful.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, it it came up so well, and um, and and kind of coincidental actually that in addition to your set, one of the um, the earlier sets at the same concert was. Flora Carbo and Aton Ritz, who I think will do another episode of the podcast. And um, they also had uh, cameras focused right in on uh, Flora's hands and Aton's, um, I think it was modular synth, um, showing all of these little details as well. You know, it was definitely a less kind of um, uh, kind of constructed visual world in a sense. But um, again, that sort of idea of minutiae um, coming across and... Uh, you know and i really i thought it was such uh, an interesting way with the visuals um, to really embrace the camera view or the the uh, i don't know if you were using a phone or a camera but um, whatever it, whatever it was um, that the whole visual of your room was really captured in this uh, almost through through this very um, kind of um, uh, what's the best way to describe it i mean uh, almost like a cinematic View, but very kind of close up on all of these um, objects, and it really felt like its own little world, a, a little microcosm, um, where there was all of this concentrated activity, and um, uh, and it was interesting actually. For um, I mean, the receiving your signal from Berlin, there was um, probably due to internet connections uh, or whatever a little bit of lag. It was a little bit um, uh, stop-starty, at least in the. Um, the the projection in the venue but it actually became um a really interesting effect because there was this unintentional obscuring of some of the faster movements um which created another level of ambiguity even as you were kind of filtering things through uh, was it cellophane
4: or something like that was
0: there later in the piece
4: yes uh, it's because um um, normally when I perform uh, with improvised music I use overhead projector where I, uh, mm-hmm. where I draw on, on this kind of transparent uh, sheets but also uh, where I, whenever I make installations I use um, all my magic tools that I have <laughs> at home. I have this special <laughs> mm-hmm. old suitcase that I open like my little right. uh, secret yeah. world and I just take things out of there. It was actually mm. funny because during the performance, because we rehearsed a few times, so I already had mm. things prepared and...
3: Mm.
4: But it's not a coincidence that I m- do improvisation, so I started to get bored and I was like, this is <laughs> the worst thing I can feel mm. during the performance. So I need to change something and I need to change it fast. So I just went to my suitcase and I took out like the whole like this huge pile of um, strange uh, f- things, and I just put it yeah. on top of the turntable, <laughs> and it started to um, create a lot of to dimensions. And I started to put the light inside. I was volumes. like, okay, now I now I even don't know what is happening, so it feels great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that was cool, you know, and and um, you know, seeing the difference between what you were doing in the sound check and in the performance, it was it was quite different, and that surprised me actually. I I sort of assumed that you'd. Um, you know, you had a p- particular order of events with all of these different objects, but it was really, you know, it was very different um, b- between both of those versions. And, you know, both beautiful with, with quite different characters. So you mentioned uh, that you were placing all of these items on um, Emilio's instruments, you know, drums and the turntable. Um, and I just realized that we haven't actually introduced yet exactly what sound sources um, all, every individual is bringing. Um, so um, would you like to... Um, uh, maybe give a bit of a summary of the sorts of sounds and the setup that you were working with.
2: Well, yeah, um, as as we are like sharing the space and the responsibility of elements, uh, I think very concrete. We are three musicians and one visual artist, and uh, mm-hmm. we all have an instrument that has a name. Uh, I would say mine will be the most ambiguous. No that's not right it's michael's <laughs> 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 that, that,
0: i'm happy to talk about michael yeah <laughs> uh,
2: I, i'm sure he has a name for that instrument but uh, i don't know the name but okay what what i have it's a uh, uh, some percussion elements but based on a, a big grand casa and a snare drum and mm-hmm. basically the, this is the sources for preparing uh, sounds on top of it or to scratch or to to play with um, like range of sonic possibilities, so I'm mm. I was it's a percussion instrument, but uh, I treat it also as a as a source for uh, for uh, so like a canvas for Lena to work with. Mm. Uh, mm. Also because the grand casa has a natural skin, has a texture, so in sound will be rich, but also as a texture of visual uh, aspect will be also rich. Mm. So uh, mm. then the instruments start to be occupied by other, other media. So it was not only an instrument is what I wanted to, wanted to say. It was not only a music mm. instrument, but uh, also a source for, for the visuals. Mm. And uh, it did
0: certainly have that feeling at the beginning, particularly on the larger drum, um, uh, that uh, it was like a canvas, you know, uh, even in tone, you know, this sort of off-white um, blank space that, that filled up <laughs> very quickly with lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Justin? Um, tell us about what you are playing.
1: I was just playing a saxophone. <laughs>
0: oh, boring. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's amazing, like, I mean, you're, yeah, probably you're going to talk about Michael's instrument. Uh, uh, but I, but I can that, yeah. I can sort of, you know, mention that it's, you know, it's basically a polystyrene box mm-hmm. and um, with lots of bits of metal and wire and, and, you know, things hanging off of it. And the polystyrene box is this very strange kind of late, late capitalist, <laughs> freaky, freaky object that like... He
0: also uh, clarified that it's the broccoli size. Yes, yes, yes. yes yeah, the it broccoli itself, is important. Broccoli.
1: And it, it kind of amplifies everything that passes through it in a way that is really unusual. Mm. So that when I play with this group, or at least in, in this particular um, project... Uh, It was like there was this kind of really dense forest of sound, like super layered with so many different parts and components from all these tiny, interacting, chaotic things. And then um, I just kind of sit inside that with these really sculpted kind of multiphonics or very subtle microtonal melodies, Um, sometimes doing more kind of busy noise-based stuff with the mouthpiece off so that the sounds are all based on air and not on, um, on pitch mm. um, but it fe- it's this amazingly freeing place to be because um, obviously I'm paying a lot of attention to how the sound emerges out of silence and comes back into silence but there's just so much going on there's so many different like, ways to do that and ways to, to, um, to kind of fit into the sound environment um, so I sort of th- thought of myself as a bit, especially in the Perth concert where I was like alone on stage with this breath-based instrument surrounded by these speakers and this camera just with all this stuff happening. I just felt like I was sort of anchoring the experience or something. <laughs> yeah, or sure. Doing something a bit simpler, like a eye of the storm situation.
0: Right. And I, that's I would self... I was,
2: oh, sorry, so, go on. Sorry, on. just saying very briefly, I would self-describe Justin as the, the like ground element of on this very airy uh, or like uh, mm. almost loose uh, palette of, of sounds because what he described as, as a sound material like playing very uh, rich multiphonics and almost melodic uh, sequences that will kind of ground most of what we do that, that is uh, uh, I will describe it rather uh like a frame or, or, or frame. something. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, or I, I would say you are line, the connection perhaps. into into the elements I, musically. I, I feel into the elements that Michael and me bring into it. But at the same time, mm. we inter interwoven with you like we are also. You are also getting into our field, and we also play pitch material that can resonate mm. with you. But in in the same, uh, it's yeah. Your element is what what bass uh, a lot of frame the music mm. Mm.
0: yeah and it's interesting as a, a listener that um despite all of the activity particularly in the percussion parts um it doesn't feel like anyone is having to um, kind of fight for their place in the music you know it feels like everyone's approach is very um integrated natural and allowed to be itself um and uh uh and I think perhaps you know what you're describing with Justin being like the, this kind of um, connector or through line. I think I think that's an important element of that. You know, there is a center and, and there is balance, and um, uh, and it's not all hectic uh, <laughs> all, all the time. Anyway, um, but something you raised, Justin, that I wanted to follow up on is that um, this performance was co-presented with Audible Edge um, uh, in in Perth. That um, I, you still curate that, right, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. So um, and, and I was wondering, you know, how that translated um, in Perth, you know, because I, I, I was based in, in Melbourne and, and saw that side of the live performance. But, um, you know, perhaps it, it would have come across quite differently in Perth um, mm. with you rather than the percussion instruments being live.
1: Yeah, there is a review of the concert. I don't know if you've read it, Joy. I have. I, I actually yeah.
0: love that review heaps. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we should review the review on the podcast, but uh, it really, I loved it. It, it, was, it. it really oscillated violently from being very critical and extremely complimentary in a way that really <laughs> took me by surprise. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, well, he did say it was one of his favourite things in the festival yeah yeah but whilst also critiquing it (laughs) but that's (laughs) i think that's good i think that's that's better than for sure
0: no that's ways
1: of reviewing it which are very you know well at least in perth most reviews are just like everything was great yes yeah (laughs) or oh it was terrible and nothing in between so
0: well um, you know it's tricky um
1: i I only brought it up because i think i'm i I don't now i don't want to like paraphrase it or something but i think um uh Jonathan Marshall's review of the show kind of maybe spoke a little bit to the perspective of how, um, that, that device of me kind of grounding this chaos was Mm -hmm. ambiguous chaos was, um, was very much foregrounded by the fact that I was kind of sitting there breathing, being quite still a lot of the time, not doing a whole lot, uh, in comparison to the amount of stuff you can hear is coming on through the speakers. Mm. Um, But uh, yeah, obviously I wasn't out the front, um, but by all accounts, it sounded really great in the space. Mm. Um, You know, we had a really, one reason we used that venue and wanted to do it as a concert was um, that venue has some um, rise uh, Australian government funding to build Uh. live streaming infrastructure into it. So it's actually pretty, it's not, it's going to be even more well set up later in the year, but, um, mm. it's already, uh, you know, pretty capable of doing a lot of that stuff. Um, and the staff there know enough about it to, you know, to help us out if anything goes wrong, which sure. was, which was cool. And also their, um, you know, art source, the organization who hosts that venue have been really supportive of Audible Edge for ages. So, mm. um, but yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, m- just, yeah, to answer the question briefly, I think that, 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 Foundational aspect of the saxophone in the ensemble was was foregrounded, and the, um, but yeah, I think it was a, a, a strong listening experience mm. in the space. Yeah, from everyone that I've spoken to.
0: You know, uh, the the review I think also does speak to some of the um, some of the difficulties we encountered in putting it together, and that is that, although it's quite amazing that this software exists that allows us to perform, you know, um, from thousands of kilometers away from each other, live, um. But it's not without its challenges still you know, and one of those things is that uh for it to be really as close to pristine as possible, you have to have amazing internet connections mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, we don't have that in
2: australia um, i will I would uh, like to say yes. Germany is so advanced, but no <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I wish looked, I
0: I mean, for perspective, I, we were in Brunswick, um, you know, inner city Melbourne, and the best way for us to run the whole event was to tether it to my iPhone 6 um, <laughs> using 4G. Oh, um, so <laughs> you know, when all things considered, it's quite amazing that it came off as well as it as it did. I
1: think. Yeah. To, to be honest, like I know the review mentioned dropouts, so they must have happened, but I didn't notice any during the mm. show. Um uh, maybe I wasn't focused enough, <laughs> 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 but, uh, it really, yeah, it felt, um, it felt like playing, you know, a, well, it didn't feel like this, but it, it, it was like playing a solo outer saxophone piece with electroacoustic accompaniment or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. it actually, you know, it felt like an improvisation with, with three other people actually, but I just mean yeah. in terms of the sound quality or whatever it didn't. Sure. Yeah i didn't i I certainly didn't notice anything too untoward which is kind of amazing yeah given the exact problems you say that the internet in all of our respective locations (laughs) is pretty dreadful um that's kind of the miracle of this project Mm. and why i was so grateful to be invited because once we finally actually started playing it's like oh we can actually do this and it's not even that hard Mm. um which makes sense i guess based on where you know the technology is at but um yeah, it's certainly given me a lot of ideas yeah. for the, the future.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm sure the um the process will become increasingly streamlined, you know, um, as um as all, all you know, any software to do with this sort of live networking becomes, you know, more widely taken up and more advanced and everything. So, um it is exciting, you know, to, to be able to um potentially maintain collaborations that otherwise um you know have have very sort of sporadic lives you know separated by uh, by years mm. um, and for me you know that was even something that um the last couple of years in lockdown although i haven't fully realized some of the things i intended to do um having to turn to sort of digital ways of interacting more did get me thinking about um doing more kind of studio collaborations with people i had worked live with in the past and um and there's so much potential to do interesting things there which i suppose i just it just hadn't occurred to me before <laughs> or something but <laughs> there's, you know there's, there's lots that can be done
1: i was definitely a cynic about the going online stuff to some extent or not a, not yeah. a cynic actually no i was very supportive of everyone doing it but mm. um my preferred way to spend that time was just you know to be as offline as i could manage um Mm. but it's quite nice coming to it a bit a bit later also i think um i mean there's so many other things about it like accessibility um trying to build uh, you know video documentation or live streaming into more gigs that we do in perth Mm. um just for the 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 principled reason of making trying to make them more accessible and not just make that a kind of novelty COVID Mm. thing but actually a you know thing that's got a lot of, of benefit yeah um,
0: definitely and and that's been part of um you know as new north been just getting off the ground during this period it's being kind of key to our funding applications and things like that is actually you know live streaming as uh, um a, as an option for accessibility and also it means what is essentially a local music series can um at least potentially have a national or international reach as well mm-hmm. um which which also has the the possibility of um you know, supporting networks and relationships, and um, and I am curious how these things will develop. Um, now, essentially, you know, as as things yeah. um, as things I return mean, a little bit to normal. W-
2: what we saw—it's a window of something that, uh, in in my perspective, will need to improve many things, but at least already mm. it gives a feeling of of uh, of like a closeness or. Mm and as far this is not a replacement because this is not something i want to achieve that we can be physically separated but feeling more and more close because i prefer way more the element of sharing a room with people Mm, because i didn't have wine with you after the the geek and <laughs> many other things like arguing. the feedback feels so strange after that we 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 yeah. jump out of the house for a walk in the canal that was our kind of mm. coming down after the this emotion mm. uh mm. it's also good but it's not the same and i i don't i i just wish that uh, institutions and organizations don't take this as a replacement but as a new possibility new possibility mm. yes, because it, also yeah. that could lead into more like fast production less responsibility on on gatherings um mm. so that will be the critical aspect of this like uh, physical connection into humans are still the the primary thing and we are building it's uh, a range po- of possibilities around that so uh and that's a uh, that's mm. a fascinating experience um, yeah, and, uh,
0: and you know, I hadn't, co- I hadn't considered from um, yours and Lena's point of view. It must have been so weird having that experience and then walking outside into daylight. <laughs> like um, it, for for um, for us in Melbourne, I think we would have finished that show at about probably ten at night or nine thirty or something like that. Um, and uh, <laughs> it definitely felt like a nighttime thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, mm. but
4: um, no, I think could f- be in the I, I, hours of darkness. I'm I'm more positive about it all because first it was eco-friendly, you know, we didn't have to fly mm. all over <laughs> and um, CO2 emission was saved. <laughs> and as a young mom also like just to be able to jump in mm. for one hour and jump out and still be at home. It was really like, I didn't feel excluded, but included. Mm. So it was really beautiful that I could work still. Uh, and at the same time I could uh, really experiment with new tools that would not have sense in the venue so Uh, I took the chance to make a completely unusual setup for the completely mm. unusual situation and this brought so much excitement and a freshness that I still feel the good energy uh, that stayed uh, after the show
0: Mm. Mm. oh great to hear (laughs)
4: Um,
0: so i only have a couple more questions left and and um the second last one is one that i always ask and some some people will be like oh wow that's a weird one um but that but that is you know we as we create work um that is um exploratory or experimental um often we're we're very close to, to um very kind of esoteric or unusual ways of doing things um and uh, and Our experience of the music, I think, is often quite different to um, an audience member who might be coming in fresh, maybe without so much context about the work. So um, I'd love to hear you describe how you imagine your experience of these sounds would be if you just um, encountered them
2: for the very first time. (laughs) Well, I I think uh, Justin previously mentioned something like an active... uh, uh we're active forest or something like that so I, I I think one of the relations will be like how this relates to to the sounds that already exist in nature or in the uh, on not necess- well calling nature also like a polluted environment um, how these sounds appears into the daily life or fragments of the of it in the daily life and and uh, probably also some people it depends it's a cultural reference how you how you hear mm. so you will relate to uh, films and mostly horror films <laughs> yeah. some people will. that's what that's yeah.
1: what my mom gets out of it i think oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe not so much anymore if Sorry, you spend
2: man. more time in the in, in not in the nature you probably relate more to to the kind of also scary nature that is there Natural environments. Mm. And I think uh, for
1: me, I, um, I remember quite distinctly this moment being on my friend's farm when I was a kid where I heard some metal kind of clanging around at the top of a flagpole or something like that. And I was really kind of touched by this sound but didn't really know why.
0: Um, I think you were destined to be a weird musician, Justin.
1: <laughs> well, I was already listening to, like, uh, because of the internet, I got put on to like Eric Dolphy when I was okay. pretty young so yeah. I was already cut probably listening to that stuff yeah. even though I didn't really know so much about like experimental music or improvised music more broadly mm. but I kind of feel like this you know if I'm just talking about myself and not like an abstract audience member mm. um, I think I uh, I think this group has got a lot of like my own kind of sonic ideals in it or something like there's a sense of consonants or resonance that i've always found really appealing um there's percussion and my first instrument was drums um and a sense of like you know a kind of broad or like expanded you know vocabulary on those instruments so i don't know if i if i came along to it as a kid i necessarily would have uh been way into it or just really confused (laughs) but um both I reckon it, it. It's it's the kind of thing where if I saw it when I was twelve, I would have, uh, gone. You know, I don't get this, but this is um, there's something compelling about it, and maybe I would have. You know, the memory would have stuck with me. At least I hope so.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thought, and and I think the way that people have those experiences says quite a bit about your, you know, your personality. Like I remember getting um. Uh, albums as a kid which i wasn't quite ready for i mean one of them was even the all-seeing eye by wayne shorter which is i suppose one of his more out there albums of the 1960s um and i remember getting it and listening to it and wanting to like it but kind of not liking it but realizing it was really good at the same time (laughs) um and and so i think i listened to it and didn't really enjoy it and just sort of filed it away for later and came Mm. back to it maybe three or four later years later having done a bunch more study and practice and listening and, and suddenly it was my favorite album. You know, mm. there's just hearing it at the right time was important. And I um and yeah, I you know I hope that people have those experiences and, and consider it something that they might discover later rather than shutting off and thinking, Oh, that's you know, that's weird but, and, and you know as someone who teaches kids I often, you know, hear their responses to things they're not familiar with and I'm like, but aren't you curious about what, why this came into being you know
1: I um, I saw Anthony Pateras play when I it was like the first my first week of uni mm. studying music and I saw Anthony Pateras and I don't think I liked it, but uh, I was it clearly made a mark because I couldn't stop thinking about it mm. and by the end of the first semester I definitely processed enough to turn it into a really positive memory. <laughs> <laughs> but it was you know it's just that that shock value of seeing something that's so kind of unashamedly itself mm. and, you know, quite visceral or whatever. Um, mm.
0: And not trying to be pretty, you know, not, yeah. not trying, not trying to please easily or something, you know, it's mm. like you, you have to delve to discover its secrets or something like that, you know? <laughs> um, so the last thing I've got to say, did you want to say oh, something? Oh, sorry. Um, did I cut you um, off? It's just
4: Go funny forward. because uh, I think for you as musicians, it's sometimes difficult to, to see the, the beginning uh, point, like really the day you discover music because you, you work with it the whole life. But as a visual artist I just remember very precisely when uh, I got amazed with the improvisation. And I was just on a very boring hangout and I was just like looking for a possibility to change the club. And I was dragged by a very old friend I barely remember like, okay, let's let's just go to another place and he just took me to another venue and it was suddenly full of musicians because it was like a night of gigs, like gig after gig after gig after gig Mm. and they just put me in the yard of the venue and they just start to rehearse and play like jam together and I was the only person that was non-musician and i suddenly had the feeling they all play for me and they play life and i was never before on concert like i was not absolutely not in the music world and i was so amazed i was like wow well, this is just the, me- the best feeling ever mm-hmm. like i want to stay here forever i want to keep listening and exploring and i was just like a complete shock and uh, and a spark for the whole future work i do Uh, since that moment I was Mm. just I got extremely addicted and I think in the improvisation and experimental music this contact with the uh, audience the life contact we have is the crucial thing and then you can get the weirdest you want or the most experimental you want but you are there with the people so you can um, really give them this experience uh, life experience and, and this is the most amazing part for me of this um, scene.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds c- quite a unique way to have your first um, experience of improvisation. I think most people's first experience of improvisation isn't nearly that positive. So <laughs> probably, <laughs> I envy you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, for, for so many people, I think it's something that kind of grows on them, you know. Um, um, the the last thing i wanted to ask you about is just um um if you have anything coming up either as individuals or in your other collaborations or as a group
2: well me personally have more dreams than facts of this group happening but i would like <laughs> to do a, a tour in mexico with this group
0: oh right
2: cool. uh but uh yeah, d- I really want to do that too, Amelia. <laughs> a, a, a dream needs to have like some hours of uh, of commitment to make it happen. So I, I hope to find that time. We all find that time. Uh, but this event, what we had, also opened a range of possibilities that it seems more more easy to get this happening. Um, well, easy is not the word because we all face so much technical problems. That, but we. we <laughs> We went through and we already know the quick solutions or the, the things to improve. And uh, yeah, I really feel, felt like uh, this can happen any moment. And that's a great feeling. Yeah. But uh, like individually, we all run our own schedule. Uh, I'm working momentarily in, a, in sound installations and cool. I'm presenting... Uh, a couple of pieces of, um, yeah, more displays of sound in the r- on the space. One in, in Mexico City and one and a couple of installations in Berlin. That's what is coming up for me. Of course, mm. it's inspired all the time from my previous practices and have to be also what I have done with this group. I have, like, for every, every single thing I have done, I, I always keep something that reflects what is coming next.
0: Mm. Mm. How about you, Lena? Uh, What's coming up for you? I'm
4: I'm, uh, looking closely how the life begins now. So it's a very, uh, it's a big project, I must say. (laughs) Yes. It will take all my life. And, um, but I must say that, um, as i was not big like close to any children before i'm looking at Mm. my son and i'm really amazed because i don't remember this of myself and i didn't know where we come from i don't know if you had this experience so it's a bit like looking in the something so metaphysic and so like looking into god's eyes something strong as this one so mm. i'm i'm in this uh, journey now <laughs> and <next laughs> yeah, artistic bet, steps yeah. probably will come in the summer but we are all waiting now for the grants uh, and they will probably lead the way for the next yes, uh, sure. collaboration.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't, it rarely feels like I'm looking into God's eyes when I'm teaching a room of 10 year olds. How about you, Justin? What's, what's on the horizon for you?
1: Um, well, probably the most relevant to Melbourne people is that I'm, uh, I'm touring with uh, Joshua Pether, who's a really interesting WA based choreographer. He has a work in the Kia Choreographic Award, mm-hmm. um, which I think is in Melbourne at Dance House from June 30 to July 2. And I'm touring, uh, it's with Daisy Sanders, who's a really great dance improviser, and um, Sage <laughs> who's a uh, singer-improviser that many people in NAM would know because uh, she mm-hmm. lived there for a little while. So... Um, Can you repeat her yeah, name? Be-
2: Sorry? Sage <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> Can you loop it? Do you want me to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Look her up. Um, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Uh, it's spelled P-B-B-B-T for anyone yes, who's yeah. who wants to search that. But um, yeah, so I'll be over there. And then Sage and I are curating Make It Up Club. And we're also doing some weird uh, back-to-back DJing at Hope Street Radio. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be having a fun little... Um, it's the first time I've traveled for music in, a, in like... Yeah, two and a half years or mm. three years or something. So um, I'm nervous, but it should be fun. And I'm working with um, a pedal board now. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm
0: looking forward to hearing that. You mm. sent that tiny little a uh, um, uh, sample of that. You know, when you were um, first organizing this tour, and it sounds really, really cool. Mm. Um, Thanks. So are you doing a live um, a live performance with? Is that part of the dance? Um, yeah, so there's four
1: shows on between June 30 and July 2. There's like mm. three evening shows and a matinee. And I think mm. um, Aviva Endian is in um, oh, cool. one of the one of the projects as well. So there's probably lots of really cool sound stuff in there.
0: Mm. And Dance House is in North Melbourne, isn't it?
1: I've got no idea. All right. but, uh, <laughs> um,
0: don't, don't quote me on it. It's, yeah, been a while, yeah. it's been a while since I've looked into it. Yeah. Well, that was all I really wanted to talk to you about. But um, thanks so much for the chat, everyone, and um, making it fit in in three different time zones. Very much appreciated. And um, lovely to hear a little bit more detail about the ensemble and all the all the thought um, that went into your performance.
2: I must thanks add something very time. fast. Uh, it's really missing the voice of Michael in mm-hmm. this. Uh, in this. <laughs> yes. You yes, all know true. why. <laughs> and... Uh, Yeah, basically, we had like a a cake with a a few slices less when we met now.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Uh, Maybe I'll give uh, Michael a chance to respond with... um, (laughs) We'll insert some Michael later, maybe.
2: Yeah, but thank you so much. My pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to my chat with Mahogany. Unfortunately we won't have any Michael McNabb commenting at this time, but if you have questions for him of course you can always buy a ticket for the workshop that is running on July the 2nd. I'm really looking forward to helping out with this event and um, I'd encourage you to check it out if you're someone who uh, might have an interest in experimental improvisation but doesn't have a background in music or just hasn't moved into this area of musical performance. The workshop is also suitable for children ages 12 years and upwards. So also a great opportunity for younger people to experience some different ways of making music for the first time. And from my perspective, that's actually something that I'm hoping to get out of the workshop. And that is an opportunity to experience a different type of music making with young people who might not have improvised before outside of the the, uh, context of particular styles or idioms. New North have also recently announced the next iteration of our Emerging Artists Commission so you can find application forms and information about that on the Emerging Artists Commission tab of our website. So again, spread the word if you know anyone who might be interested in this. It's an opportunity that's open to composers, performers and sound artists who are 24 years or younger and residing in the Greater Melbourne area. Thanks for listening.
3: Thank you. Oh <laughs>